I was at the dentist on Thursday, and I was just having my teeth cleaned, and I was in the chair, and when the hygienist finished, she went to call the dentist to just come in and um, say hi and just do a quick check of my mouth, and it was just a few moments, but while I was laying there, because they had me horizontal, I was, I, I, I thought to myself I had the option of um, daydreaming or really making the effort to be present and be mindful. And I made the effort to be aware of my actual experience in that moment. So I was noticing the, the twinge in my leg and a little bit of throbbing and the, the smoothness of my teeth because they just had them cleaned. And so absolutely present, which is really nice. And then I reflected that this has been a week uh, for me. I don't know what it is, but there's been a week of absolute presence with what my experience has been. And it's been a roller coaster week. There's been a lot of emotion. I, I don't know whether it's that um, my walls are uh, very porous or they went on vacation or what have you, but there was a lot of, I was, I was experiencing a lot this week. And um, I, I actually had a massage yesterday, which is nice. Somebody gave me a gift certificate a year and a half ago, and I suck at doing that. So I finally went and had the massage. And I was like, okay, be with this. You know, be with every, every, and I was. And I was really grateful for my practice. In fact, I was grateful for my practice all week, even though sometimes it was it was hard to be with the emotions that came up. I was, I, I'm um, listening to a podcast by Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. Some of you are familiar with that. He is the person who broke the Harvey Weinstein story a couple of years ago. And he wrote a book, Catch and Kill, and now he has a podcast, which is it's just a few episodes, and it's basically going through the... Um, the process of writing the, the in doing the investigation and writing the piece and the 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 problems with getting it published um, and it was I guess the word trigger just came up for me today but it was I was listening to it the other day and I was triggered and I was remembering way back when it first broke a couple of years ago how angry. I was. There was a tremendous amount of anger that came up, and then it, and that was like a snowballing effect because Me Too blossomed out from part of that, and so there was a lot of anger that showed up, and I was really <coughs> present for that experience, and so I was present for a lot of experiences this week, and it reminded me on Thursday of this quote of Ajahn Chah's, which I couldn't remember exactly, so I decided I wanted to talk about that on Thursday night at my Thursday class, and I went online to look it up, and I found a ton of quotes by Ajahn Chah. These are just a couple of them, but it was really lovely. Ajahn Chah is a, was a monk in Thailand who lived in the last century and very wise and very influential 
in the tradition that I practice in, he taught a lot of the teachers, the, the Western teachers who went over to Thailand and Southeast Asia in the 60s, like Jack Kornfield and, and uh, a number of others. And so there are a lot of collections of his teachings available. I didn't bring the book I have, but um, I have one that's a big, thick book like this called Food, Food for the Heart, which is a very, very, very good book, and it basically is all about letting go. So um, I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, I figured what I do is um, dive into some of these teachings of Ajahn Chah and see how they relate to where we are or how we can relate them to our experiences in this moment, in this, in this world that we're living in with whatever's coming up. And the one thing that... Um, I thought about is this one that jumped out at me is if you have time to be mindful, you have time to meditate. And that's what I was doing Thursday in the dentist chair. That's meditation. Every time you're paying attention to the, your experience, you're meditating. We think it's this discrete thing that you make time for. You, you know, we compartmentalize our lives so much that, okay, I'm meditating, I don't have time to meditate. And I hear that from people all the time, and I say, when you're online at the grocery store, when you're in your car, when, whenever you're in the dentist's office, when you're listening to the news, there's a lot of moments to be mindful right now with how your body reacts to the experiences you're having. Like I was, when I was listening to that podcast, I was driving back from... Um, UCLA the other day, and I started crying. And I'm like, wow. A, anger, B, tears. And I'm like, oh, look at this, this emotion that's arising. Okay, wow, anger, okay. Aware of it, letting it be there rather than reacting to it, which is a history of what we have a tendency to do, have an emotion arise and then react in some way blah, 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 blah. Um, there's a way to be um, present for your emotions and stay mindful even though the mind is moving into in the future, into the past, into remembering. This is something that a lot of people ask about when they ask about... Um, mindfulness and being present, they say, well, you know, um, I was, some thought came up about something that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago, last week, whatever, that's not being present. And actually it is being present. What you're, what's happening is you're having an awareness or a memory of something that happened whenever it happened yesterday, this morning, an hour ago, 40 years ago. It brings up an experience. It brings up an emotion. And you can reflect on that experience that happened, that memory, while still staying present, while still staying connected to the experience, even if it's unpleasant. We have a tendency to, you know, um, um, run away. We have a tendency to run away. 
And when we run away, we're, we're acting from conditioning. And this is, this is um, the, the quote I was thinking of when I uh, looked up these, these, these uh, when I looked up Ajahn Chah. It reminds me of this. Please clearly understand that when the mind is still, it's in its natural, normal state. As soon as the mind moves, it becomes conditioned. When the mind is attracted to something, it becomes conditioned. When aversion arises, it becomes conditioned. The desire to move here and there arises from conditioning. You know, our aware, if our awareness doesn't keep pace with these proliferations as they occur, the mind will chase after them and be conditioned by them. So when, what that means is that when we are still, and we're aware of the experience in this moment, we stay with it. As soon as we move into the story, oh, that happened, that bastard, wait till I see them next week, or I'm going to go home, and we're no longer present, and we're in this, we're chasing pleasant or, or dreaming of retaliation, or we're somewhere else. We are invited to be with. We're invited to stay here. I was teaching a day long in Palm Springs last Saturday, which is why I wasn't here. And the title of the, the day long was um, Facing Your Demons, which is a very common way to talk about the unpleasant experiences that we have uh, in uh, anger, um, uh, sadness, despair, grief restlessness, anxiety, all kinds of things. Um, we generally don't want to be with those. And the invitation is instead to stay with them. Be still. Let them be there because they are there. One of the translations of sati, which is mindfulness, is to be with. Be with your experience. You know, and there's another another quote. It says, people have suffering here in one place, so they go somewhere else. When suffering arises there, they run off again. They think they're running away from suffering, but they're not. Suffering goes with them. They carry suffering around without knowing it. If we don't know suffering, then we can't know the cause of suffering. If we don't know the cause of suffering, then we can't know the cessation of suffering. There's no way we can escape it. Wherever you go, there you are. That's what this teaching is. The, the, the discomfort, the unpleasantness that we're experiencing in this moment, we immediately move over there. We're unable to be still with it. There was a lot of unpleasantness in my experience this week. There was the unpleasantness of um, that podcast, but I was able to be with the anger that arose. I was able to be with some of my own experiences that were triggered. There was I had some jarring news on Tuesday. That brought up the experience of my, I don't know what you would call it, but like just like my stomach dropping 40 feet. It's like those rides at Magic Mountain where they just drop you off the side of a building. <laughs> I love those when they're those, at Magic Mountain. I like it when I get when I read something in an email that makes it happen. I'm less excited about it. <laughs> but that's suffering. 
It, that's actually discomfort. That's unpleasant. That's not suffering. Suffering is when I go and start, you know, getting, allowing the anger to take over or allowing the, the, the despair, the ah, fuck it, or the uh, screw this or whatever to take over. That's when I create the suffering. Or if I distract myself with whatever it is, I'm going to have a drink, I'm going to go shopping, I'm going to do whatever is the ease to ease the pain. Somebody the other night was talking about how he is constantly, you know, reaching for social media, doing this. I was on, when I was teaching the retreat in um, January, we, uh, we, uh, one woman was saying she locked her phone in her car and she still found her hand reaching out for it during meditation because she wanted a distraction. It's, it's like, you know, just take me away from, what's the old comment, Calgon, take me away? <laughs> anyway, um, take me away from here. So that's when we create, that's the genesis of suffering. When we cannot be with what our experience is. And the practice is touching the depths of what's present. Can you be with what's present? With stillness. There's the uh, there's this thing I've used this one lately. That's um, this this quote of Ajahn Chah, and I think there's a. a a title of one of the collections of his books called The Still Forest Pool. And he says, try to be mindful and let things take their natural course. So when there's, when there's anger, when there's fear, when there's any discomfort that's arising, when there's joy, you know, we always forget about that, you know, when there's, when there's pleasant. Be mindful and let things take their natural course. Then your mind will be still in the surroundings, like a clear forest pool. You can be at ease, even with this dif the difficulties. That's equanimity. Mm -hmm. Being able to be at ease, regardless of what's arising. Then your mind will become still and like a clear forest pool and all kinds of wonderful rare animals will come to drink at this pool and you will see clearly the nature of all things. You won't be trapped by the conditioning. That's the autopilot your mind goes down when you, when you bounce away from what your experience is, when you bounce away from what's happening right now. The anger, the sadness, whatever is present, that you're like, oh, you're going to bounce away. That's what we're doing in this room. Training the mind. Training the mind so that when you're driving on the freeway and this, this emotion arises, you can stay with it. Instead of immediately turning on the radio or what, what else is there? Blah, 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 blah. Sticking your fingers in your ear, you know, and singing loudly, which is like the cartoon version of, of going somewhere else. Being willing to sit, then you begin to see, oh, this is really uncomfortable because there's the memory of that. Because of this, this arises. This anger is not just because I'm an angry person. It's because of this scenario. 
I see, of course this happens. And we can see clearly what's driving it, and we don't have to react to it. We don't have to take it so personal, even though it feels personal. And I think I said this, I don't know, I, was, I don't remember if I said it here a couple of weeks ago or last week when I was doing my day long. Uh, you know, when these things arise, we don't say, I. We don't identify with them. We say, this is, this is what the reaction is. This is what's happening because of this. This thought, this sensation, this sound entered my ear. These particular words entered, I received them, and this was the reaction. The joy, the sadness, the, 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 the bottom falling out, the agitation. How do I hold that? I remember on Tuesday when I had that difficult news, I was like, oh, this, oh, 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 there's fear. There's the bottom falling out. There's the a little bit of anger coming up, and then when I was able to calm down and be, be gentle, I would say, oh, there's some fear under that. How do I tend to the fear? How do I take care of that? Because that's what needs to be tended to right now, that fear. This, when this mind is still, the little animal that came to drink at the pool was fear. But when there's a lot of noise and a lot of pushing away, I don't know what's there. It's just, it's like they talk about the muddied water. You can't see clearly because there's all the mud in the water. You have to let the water still so it settles instead of stirring it up and stirring it up and stirring it up. You never see what's happening. So. We do this by really turning towards our physical sense, our physical experience, a willingness to be with what's right here. And that reminded me, this whole Dharma talk is like, a, oh, this one brought up this, brought up this, which is like, because of this, this arises because of this, this arises. So that reminded me of the sutta, where they talk about this fathom-long body. Everything can be found in this fathom-long body. And it's a sutta um, where this, uh, someone was asking the Buddha, saying, if I travel to the end of the cosmos, to the end of the universe, will the end of suffering be reached? And probably won't happen because the end of the cosmos is so far away, I'll die before I get there. And the Buddha said, yeah, that's true, but it will not be reached, the end of suffering will not be reached without traveling to the end of the cosmos. However, the cosmos is within this fathom-long body, with its perception and intellect that I declare there is this cosmos, the, origin, the origination of the cosmos, the cessation, the path of practice. Everything is right here, sitting on the chair, right where you are. It's all in here. That's why wherever you go, there you are, because you're taking the universe with you. It's the perception. It's the imagination. It's the, 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 um, 
all the experiences that you have. It's the DNA that you carry from the, the conditioning of your ancestors. We're not discrete units just traveling around. We are interdependent with all things. We're so very interdependent. It's extraordinary. And now with this coronavirus thing, we're really seeing that, too. I was reading today how the ports of Long Beach, they're like basically ghost town because so much of our the shipments from China, they're not coming anymore. So there's nothing going on in Long Beach. It's like, wow, that's impacting these workers down there, which is going to impact all these other things over here. We think we're unique, standalone individuals, and we're not. That's the that's the that's the um, uh, what's the word I want self huh self centeredness you know this 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 focus on I that's the I I am standalone there's that there's that piece in the mind where we think we're immortal it's, it's Kind of the brain thing is like, no, this won't happen to me. I always thought I would never become, I never was a heroin addict, but I used to think when I, back in the day that I bet I could do that without becoming addicted. Well, good thing I never did, but that's what my mind told me. I dodged that bullet. Anyway, um, that's what my mind told me. So there's this, this part of our mind and that we're, we, and then we are, we are also because of the, the, the culture we live in. We live in a culture that's, you know, rugged independence, rugged individualism, which is separate. You know, we're, we're separated from that awareness of the interdependence of, um, of the community and the importance of the community. We don't see it. So we are not discreet. Um, but anyway, so we're not separate from our conditioning. But we, we're so, um, the ego says, I, 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 and we have to drop that and just come into saying, what's, you know, can I reconnect with this, this body? That's what's really important. We have to reconnect with the awareness of what's present, the cosmos that's present internal in this fathom long body. It's right here, but we don't see it if we're running somewhere else in our mind or addicted to busyness, which is, which is a thing, or addicted to our devices or addicted to whatever it is we're addicted to. We have to recognize that and be willing to be with whatever's in this fathom long body. Yeah, we, we need to be able to be with our discomfort. We need to understand what suffering is, what discomfort is. We learned, we have to be able to stand it and be with it to, in order to um, let it go. And there's another, funny, there's another quote he has. When we talk about Dhamma, although we may say a lot, it can usually be brought down to four things. They are simply to know suffering. What is suffering? To know the cause of suffering. Suffering is our, our craving for pleasure all the time, to know the end of suffering, and to know the path of practice leading to the end of suffering. This is all there is. All that we have experienced on the path of practice so far comes down to these four things. When we know these things, our problems are over. 
They, where are these four things? They are born just within the body and the mind, nowhere else. So why is the teaching of the Buddha so detailed and so extensive? This is so in order to explain these things in a refined way to help us see them. It's all in our mind. When we see clearly the nature of suffering, that it's our wanting things to be different. I don't want to feel this. I don't want, I don't want this, this jarring email. I wish I had never seen it. I wish I had deleted it before I read it. I mean, we can get into those types of things. Like, you know, it's your fault. We shoot the messenger. Because we can't be with the experience of the message. We blame. It's, if it weren't for you, I would be okay. Instead of saying, my reaction is, 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 is um, pushing it away, is aversion. And if I let go of that aversion and just turn toward the experience with tenderness, that willingness to be with pleasure and pain, gain and loss and fame and ill repute and, and, and um, the reality of the human condition, then there's the freedom. Happiness and suffering do not depend on being poor or rich. They depend on having the right or wrong understanding in our mind. It depends on how we relate to our experience. It depends on how we see the world. And if we can let go of, of our need for things to be a certain way, our need for fixed views. So, um, Ajahn Chah is pretty awesome. Um, he has a lot of amazing things. I, I still think that um, it all boils down to let go. It really all boils down to let go, let go, let go. And he talks about let go of happy, like when you are, um, what is it? Does it say here? Do not try to become anything. Do not make yourself into anything. Do not be a meditator. Do not become enlightened. When you sit, let it be. What you walk, let it be. Grasp at nothing, resist nothing. Just let it be. I read that thing, I think, a few weeks ago by Ajahn Sunedo when he talks about let it go. And he practiced letting go for two years. He said, we have this idea. We want to be great meditators. We want to bring peace and kindness to all the world. We want to be, you know, experts on Buddhism. We, we do this. We do that. We want to be blah, 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 blah. He says, let it go. Be an earthworm. And he said he spent two years just back, let go, let go, let go. You know, when we get caught up in, I want this to happen. There was a primary in our state on Tuesday. There was a primary in a lot of states. Some of us are happy. Some of us are not happy. Look on Facebook. There are a lot of people who can't let shit go on Facebook, <laughs> on social media. <laughs> and I look at, and, I, and, and there are people on all sides who have these amazingly cogent arguments proving their point. I'm like, they can't all be right. They can't all be right. It's extraordinary and so much suffering, so much suffering. It's, it's just, and then and when you get caught up in it, 
you dive right in and then watch your watch your body if you get caught up in that not everybody does but a lot of people do or listening to the news or listening to this there's a lot of shit flying around there's been a lot of shit flying around for a while and it's not going to end you know there's there's I, I keep saying this i'm sure i said this here and i'm i started on the i trying to write a blog I think I said this here a couple weeks ago about the Kurds, the Kurds and who in um, October when the president offhandedly said something and then the president of Turkey said, oh, good, I can go in and destroy the Kurds now in Syria. And I was going to write about that. And I think I'm still going to write about it. But they were like the flavor of the week. They were the headline of the week, Turkey going in and destroying the Kurds. And I write about it because when I worked in Syria, I was in the Kurdish territory. And so I know a lot of those people and I've been to those places. So it was very personal. But then something else came and pushed it out and something else came and pushed it out and something else came and pushed it out and something else came and pushed it out. And there's always something. How do we hold it? How do we, how do we um, deal with the, the flow of life? There are these discrete moments that are more impactful, but then there's the flow. How do we hold the flow? How do we move through the world without being knocked over as much as we can? We're going to get knocked over. We're human beings. We're going to get caught up. We're going to bang our heads against the wall. It's going to happen because I'm not enlightened, so I'm sure it's going to happen. But it doesn't happen as much as it used to, and I can see more clearly, oh, I'm caught up in that. Oh, I'm stuck in that. So um, those are kind of my thoughts on being present, being willing to meditate wherever you are at any moment with whatever is.